0: Evangelism and discipleship. Originally, I built the PowerPoint for, is this mic okay? All right. Um, I built the PowerPoint for evangelism and discipleship back to back. After going through it, I realized evangelism is, we're probably just barely going to get through that today. So I'm going to take my time and probably run into discipleship next week. So... Evangelism. This is, if we're going to define it, evangelism is just sharing the gospel with people. But if you if you want to put it in that those basic terms, let's. I want to go over the last two weeks. Uh, for those of you guys who were here two weeks ago, you remember we talked about the gospel. We talked about the exclusivity of the gospel. There's only one path to God. And this is what the Bible teaches all the way through. There's one way to God. There's not many paths. You can't get up to the top of the mountain by all these different paths. And that is significant. And that's very significant. As Pastor Tom said a minute ago, Like, who are we to claim to have the truth in to the rest of the world, Christianity is absolute arrogance. To claim that you have the truth in the midst of a world who defines truth as all these different things. And everyone finds their own their own way. So, again, keep in the back of our mind as we're looking at this. Like this is, this is it. This is it. This is the way to eternal life, the gospel message. Not to belabor that too much. This is what we looked at last week. Syncretism. For those of you who are here last week, syncretism is basically taking one belief system that someone has in place before the gospel message comes in and taking the gospel message and mixing it. And then you come out with this new whatever this new thing, kind of a hybrid of gospel mixed with the belief system that's already there. We looked at a couple examples. We looked at the evil eye, if you remember that, if you were here a couple weeks ago, or last week. And we looked at Santa Muerte, and down in South America, the the holy mother of death and how Catholicism was mixed in with the original belief systems that were there. And at the end, we looked at America and how we have the same tendency, the same danger here in our culture as we take the gospel to people. There's that pot, if we're going to, that pot is already full. There's not just a clean little God-shaped hole in everyone's hearts. People are desperately trying to fill that hole. So when you bring the gospel in, it's key, absolutely key to remember and to recognize that that hole already has stuff in it. So If we're going to define evangelism, I would would define evangelism maybe a little bit differently than just saying giving the gospel to people because most people, if they've never heard heard the Bible, if they didn't grow up in church, they don't have the background of the gospel message. So if this pot is already full and you have all this stuff in there, I mean, people have viewpoints on all this stuff. It's a complex mix. Each one of us is our own individual. And we have very set beliefs and perceptions of how we perceive the world. Everyone's unique. I'm sure any single one of you in this room have very specific ideals and a way of viewing life, a perspective shaped by your upbringing and your experiences. And it's absolutely key to remember this as we're as we're taking the gospel message in. You can't just go through and start talking about Jesus, talking about indwelling sin, and, oh, you need to accept Jesus into your heart to be saved from sin, and if people don't even know the Bible, don't even see themselves as a sinner, then it's going to be falling on deaf ears, and it's not going to be relevant, which is what we want to be. We want to be relevant. I want to point out one thing from the start. As we're approaching evangelism, we always must remember that God is the one that changes people's hearts. It's no series, sequence of words that we could say. Not being a convincing orator or arguing the gospel and convincing people of the gospel. It has to be God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, working in people's hearts to open their eyes to the truth. So I want to... I emphasize that from the start because it would be real easy to see this as do this this and this and then but for those of you who have led people to Christ before it's just absolutely amazing to see like when it happens when when people actually get it and it clicks it's like you you stand back and you're like I didn't do anything like I just talked to him and then wow wow God another huge thing is prayer like, as we're looking for opportunities, hopefully we're looking for opportunities all the time to connect with people and to share the gospel with people. Prayer is so powerful. I could tell so many stories right now of just instances where I prayed for an opportunity, like I'm driving to work and I'm praying for an opportunity to share the gospel with someone or to have a good conversation, a relevant conversation with someone. And God does it in the most random ways so often, so often, so often. And then I'm driving home and I'm just like, God, what, how'd you do that? Like, I wasn't expecting that at all. And prayer is just so powerful. So powerful. And even as we're thinking of our own family, we, a lot of us have family members who aren't saved, or coworkers, or people who we might know from random walks of life, friends. Just pray for them. Pray for opportunities for you specifically to connect with them, to share the truth with them, and also pray that other people would be brought into their life. So that's one huge thing. I have a question. If God's the one that's doing the work in the heart, then what do we need to do? And that's really what we're going to talk about today with evangelism. We have a responsibility, as Pastor Tom said, uh, he opened up with Romans 10 a little while ago, few minutes ago and he said like how how can they how can they like how can they believe if they haven't heard recognizing and and we see this all the way throughout the bible that people we have a responsibility as human beings we are the conduit that God chooses to give his gospel give the gospel message to people and he uses us He's working in their hearts, but he chooses to use people, the church. You look at the book of Acts and you just see over and over again he's using people to teach the gospel. So if we're going to this is the scale that we want to we want to strike a balance here. We want to be relevant in our gospel message. So as you're talking with people maybe you're on one side, the other person's on the other side. You don't want to be too bold. You don't want to be too offensive. And when I think of that I think of like a driven by a street corner and had seen like a street preacher there and he's just screaming out, like fire and brimstone, just yelling Bible, you're going to hell, you need Jesus. And I mean, man, it, it, it even offend, it offends me as a Christian to see that, much less people driving by and they're like, what is this? He's a nut. Like you don't want to be too offensive. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be so blunt with your message that you just push people away. But at the same time, I think there's almost more of a danger to go in the other direction Mm -hmm. and to be too timid. You don't ever want to offend people, you just want to be buddy-buddy with people. So your whole life is spent just being friends with people and never really bringing up real issues, never really talking about deep things, the things that need to be talked about, the truth. I, I find myself falling into that ditch often. And I think that's the danger across America. As, as From what I've seen of church culture, here, back in New York, down in Missouri, all the different places I've been, that's the tendency. People will be Sunday Christians, but when it comes to actually being a witness in the workplace, in school, like, that's, that's the camp we tend to fall into, is that too timid side, just kind of coasting through. So, what we want to talk about today... Is what's that, what's that middle point? What's that balance? How do we engage relevantly? Mm-hmm. So, I thought this was probably one of the most significant passages on this topic of evangelism. And I'll explain why in a minute. You might, If you have a Bible, feel free to turn there. It's uh, Matthew 22. For some reason I thought it was 20, but I have 22 on there. It is 22. It is 22. All right. This is the great commandment. Let me read it. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So there's someone coming to Jesus and asking him, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus tells him, love God with everything that you are everything that you are as a person, you need to love God, first and foremost. And then second, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. And again, I want to ask the question, what does it look like to love your neighbor as yourself? And, and why does Jesus even say it, put it like that? Let's think back to Jesus' life. If you can remember, everything that... All the Bible stories you remember about Jesus, what was Jesus doing throughout his whole ministry? He was going around healing people, teaching people, and just being involved in people's lives. Like, Jesus' life revolved around people throughout his whole ministry. And I mean, he was the Son of God, so he's doing that too, and showing people that he was the Son of God. But his life revolved around people. I want to ask like, in, in our lives, what is our default setting? What is our default? I think our default, at least in my life and from what I've seen of other people's lives, is self. Self. Whenever we have free time, we gravitate towards doing things that we want to do. The things that make us happy. And Jesus recognized this. This is why Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Right after this, Jesus is asked, who's my neighbor? And he says, everybody. Everybody's your neighbor. Yeah. Anyways, the, the point being, we want to ask this question, what does it look like to love your neighbor as yourself? And I, I would say it's turning away from what we would naturally do, our natural tendency, which is to revolve our lives around what makes us feel good, what makes us happy, and make it revolve around people. Make it revolve around relationships, and not just like relationships with your family and your house, but people in general. And this is what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. I want to, how would the world answer this question? If the world was going to say, how do you love people? One of the biggest things I've heard with my friend groups have been, you love me by accepting what I do. You love me by encouraging me and making me feel accepted and verified as a person, even if I, no matter what I'm doing. And that is what love is. But in light of what we looked at the first week, the exclusivity of the gospel, it's an exclusive message. If we believe and recognize that people will spend eternity apart from God without, without us telling them, without people telling them the truth, then the world's definition of love is the actual opposite of what love is. Like, if you're just going to accept someone and, and pat them on the back and tell them they're doing great, that is the worst possible thing. You have to hate them. As Pastor Tom said, like, how much do you have to hate someone to not tell them the gospel if you believe the gospel message? Okay. So, I ask, answer the question, what does it look like to love your neighbor as yourself? It looks like evangelism, building your life around seeing people impacted with the gospel. So, I'm going to start getting into a little bit more specific things now. So how do we do that? How do we love our neighbor as ourselves? Yeah, you can invite them to church. That's good, but it's not just the pastor's job to share the gospel with people and to teach people. Like It's our responsibility too. A lot of people I know, they won't come to church. People you randomly run into, they're not. They're not going to be following you to church. Sometimes you can get them to come, but even, even if you do, you are the best connection to them. So we'll talk about that in a minute. One of the biggest things, we have a time-oriented culture. Our whole culture is built around time. We have time to get up in the morning time to get to work time to have lunch time break time when you break when you head home from work time like even this we have i have a certain amount of time that i need to be done by our whole culture revolves around time and from what i've seen that tends to be the enemy of relationships and the enemy of spontaneous opportunities i want to tell a little story about Taking time that kind of illustrates this point, I was two years ago over Christmas break, Andrew and I were just starting to get to know each other, and we were was two years that was two years ago wasn 't it three years ago, three years ago now, yeah, because our two year anniversary is in two days, so three years ago i 'm back in New York I, I went home over winter break, and Andrew and I were communicating We're talking on the phone every night, getting to know each other. And I'm coming back a week early to see Andrea and to spend some time getting to know the Burke family. And as I'm driving, I start driving. I, I, I think I go to church in the morning and I'm driving back out here and I'm on toll road 80 driving this direction. And I'm, there's this absolutely ginormous snowstorm and I can see it way off in the distance. I can see it on the radar, just as like this huge band of weather, like the nastiest weather you've seen. And I still, it it leaves a distinct impression in my mind of how dark the sky was, just this front just moving toward me. And I'm driving this. I have a little red sports car, absolutely the worst car I have ever driven in snow. If you're familiar with cars, it it doesn't even have a limited slip differential. So it's essentially a one wheel drive and it's super light, so the rear end just kind of, you can hit grass, and I remember trying to pull out of our, my driveway in the summer, and just hitting grass, and just, pssst, just spinning, coming back, it horrible, absolutely horrible, and I'm just, I'm praying, as, as I'm driving up, look at, seeing the storm ahead of me, and I'm like, I need to fill up with gas, because <laughs> never know what's going to happen, so I pull into this gas station, and I go in, and pay cash, and I pay, and give the attendant, like, 40 bucks, and go out, and I'm filling up my car, and and I'm just, I'm feeling the, the spirit prompt, and I notice this guy just looks depressed. This guy that's in the gas station there. And I'm filling up the car, and I'm looking over, I'm leaning up against the car, and he's sitting in there, I can see him through the glass, and sitting there on his phone. Finish filling up the car, put, put the gas back, put the gas cap back on, run back inside and get, get my change from him. And man, this guy just looked down in the dumps. So I asked, like, how he's doing? Like, how are you doing? And he gave me the 10 yards, oh, fine, whatever, whatever. And I asked, like, well, how are you really doing? And he tells me, well, my mom just died. I'm going to a funeral in a few days. And he's just down on life. So I sat there and I started talking to him. And we just keep talking. 10 or 15 minutes, I'm sitting there talking to him. And I can see over his shoulder through the glass, I can see the storm coming in. I'm like, I know to get going. My, my, everything in my body, my training, everything, I just want to run. I want to get out of there, make as much distance as I can before the storm hits. But I keep talking to him and pretty soon we start talking about the gospel. And I start, and he'd never heard the gospel message. I spent 10 or 15 minutes walking him through the gospel message and talking to him. And he had never heard it. I didn't get a whole lot of time talking about his background, but he hadn't been to church. He didn't know the gospel. In the end, I prayed with him. And then I ski out of there and started going, but if I would have been, if I would have listened to my inclinations, which was, I need to make as much distance on this storm as possible, I need to get out of here. I would have never done that. If I wouldn't have been attentive to that, the spirits leading there as I'm filling up with gas, I wouldn't have talked to this guy. I don't know, never heard from him again. No idea. Maybe he got saved. Maybe he didn't. But at least he knows the gospel now. And the Spirit can be using that in his life. Planted the seed. So, in our lives, I, I, I had like three stories I could to- totally tell here. Just a couple. Last month I was walking. I was playing soccer with some people, and I was walking out. And we were there's this other guy, and I were just kind of chatting as we're leaving, and. It got to this awkward point in the conversation where you're like, okay, I feel like now it's time to close down a conversation, say bye, and leave. But I'm like, no, we're just starting to get somewhere. So I just start to keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. And after 10 more minutes, we start talking about the gospel. We start talking about reality. What is reality? What is truth? And we sat there for another hour and talked. And at the end, we prayed together. And he's just like, thank you so much for talking to me about that. And it's like if I would have listened to that little, that little inkling in my, in my being that our culture is programmed into us to never go beyond this point, never go beyond this point. We talk about the weather, we talk about politics, but after that we're just going to, I'm going to go my way, you're going to go your way. And that's, that's the opposite of what we need to be looking for when we're looking to present the gospel to people and looking for opportunities to share the truth. A couple other little tips about that. If you just have an opportunity, you to run into someone in the grocery store, talk about them. People, there's, a, there's a universal rule that I have never seen to fail and that is people love to talk about themselves. Unless they're really shy and they don't want to talk at all, they're, they're happy to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. Where are you from? What's your job? What do you do for a living? You have a family? You in school? Like, then usually after a little while you hear about them and then they're like, oh, what do you do? Who are you? And you just made this connection. Something else to remember. We, a lot of times, it takes long, building long-term relationships to relevantly share the gospel and to really impact someone's life. Once in a while, it's a one-and-done deal where you're like, you just make this connection, you're probably never going to see this person again, and you get to a point where you can share the gospel. But most of the time it takes, if we're going to use that pot, remember the pot up on the screen, that pot's already full. It takes learning what they believe, learning who they are as a person, and then learning how to bring the gospel in to meet them where they're at, into that pot. So... A lot of times it's, it's more than just a one, one and done thing. It takes building relationships. Building relationships is absolutely key, absolutely key to evangelism. And, and that just goes against the grain of the individualism that we have in this country. I mean, our whole culture is individualistic. And maybe that word individualistic doesn't mean anything to you, but it means that everyone has their own life, their own stuff that they do. And they are, as an individual, they define themselves. And everyone else is kind of kept at this arm's length, this bubble. But we need to get rid of this bubble. We need to let people in, break into other people's bubbles. And it goes completely against our culture. I mean, if I was to come up and start talking like this, I mean, we, we know there's that, that distance. You just don't get too close. In other cultures, that isn't there you go to another culture and you'll see people just bumping up against you, pushing up against you and talking to you, looking at your face, their face right here and their bad breath is just, and you're like, oh. So, but, talking about a figurative bubble though, break into that bubble and allow your bubble to be broken into because that's what loving people looks like. Loving your neighbor as yourself looks like being involved in their life and getting to a point where you can Share the gospel with them. Share the truth, the, the message, the only message that is going to save their life. A lot of times, we have that. And there's a lot of people walking around that we run into every day in the grocery store, every day at work, that might have heard the gospel once before, but they never thought about it again. Maybe they didn't even hear it well. They, know, they might know who Jesus is as a curse word, and that's it. Our lives are short. People are dying every day. We, have, we could die on the way home today. And it's the same for everyone in this world, everyone in this country, everyone in this county. Like, We need to be focused on people. Get our perspectives right. And that is, that is completely against the grain of who our, what our natural tendencies are and our default is self. And that is completely the opposite. It's flipping it on its head, if that makes sense. Again, I could say pray. I mean, just pray. Honestly, I talk about this stuff, and I, I recognize in my life I'm not here. I'm not here. Pray for God to change, do a work in, in each of our hearts. I pray almost every day for God to give me opportunities, give me boldness, because I need boldness. I don't. I'm not on that side of being too offensive. I'm not the guy standing out in the corner yelling Bible verses. I need boldness. So pray. Pray for opportunities. Pray for God to bring people into your life that are just down on their luck. They're just, they're just down on life. And that's the best time. You can bring the gospel message in. Build a friend. Yes, that is a really good point. Pastor Spencer said, every encounter is an opportunity, but Pastor Spencer said, every encounter is a spiritual battle. It's not easy. It doesn't just happen. And that is so true. Like, we, we need to adjust our thinking to recognize that evangelism, it isn't, it isn't easy. It isn't the default. It takes planning ahead of time. And we're about to talk about that. So... This is another verse. This was my favorite verse a couple of years ago. When I was like 17, 18, 19. Oh, that was more. Than, that was like five years ago now. Wow. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite verses. But Peter says, Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. I'd love to talk for 45 minutes just about this and all the like just talk about everything that is contained in this verse. Just want to point out a few things really quick though. Hope. Someone who asks you about the hope that is in you. Like that's assuming that you are demonstrating this hope in your life and people are noticing you as different. We're about to talk about that. Another thing is be ready be be ready To give an answer like be prepared and that being prepared isn't something where you're just in the spot and you're praying and you're like oh god give me the words to speak but it's studying knowing what are the issues in our culture how do i engage people in being prepared to do that so i broke it into two two categories you have your verbal testimony and your visible testimony we're going to talk about each of those individually your verbal testimony i would say is Anytime you're talking to people, yep. anytime, whether it's your family, your friends, your coworkers, people you are never going to see again, randomly run across in the store. That's a testimony. It's a testimony to who you are, the values that you have, and it reflects you as an individual. If you're here today and you're just like, man, I don't even know where to start on any of this evangelism stuff. It's... This is a really good place to start, your story. Everyone has a story. Those of you who are older have a lot more of a story. (laughs) But that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity to share with people and meet people where they're at. It's personal. The reason a testimony, a personal testimony, your personal story is so powerful when you bring it into other people's lives is because it can meet them where they're at. It's personal. It's your experiences. And you can talk about, well, I had those, just a few things up there, like the struggles that you've gone through in your life. A lot of times you can connect if you've been through divorce, you've been through an addiction of some sort, or just had a difficult home life. Like, you can relate. Those are things that you can relate with so many people. You can connect with people that, person sitting next to you right now couldn't connect with and that's absolutely key building these relationships but it's it's really easy to do that when you start talking to people just hear their story tell them your story and you can even tailor your story to connect with who they are as a person you you understand that they've been through this you can share you know what i've been through that too huge thing just showing god through your life to them Like, look what God's done in my life. I used to be this way and now I'm this way. I mean, my dad, my dad was a drunk when he was young. He came to Christ not really super later in life, but later in life, in in college. He did a lot of stuff, but he hasn't touched any type of alcohol in years. And it's a testimony to what God did in his life to bring him to that point. And that's something that he can use to connect with people, who are struggling. I love talking about reality, reality in general, truth. If you've had any type of a deep conversation with me, I, I love going here and just taking it really deep, really fast. And these are great inroads. You start building this connection with people and you can just plow right into okay, m- morals, reality, truth. What is truth? What is right and wrong? Who says? This is right, who says this is wrong? Like value of people, like all this stuff, these are this is a great starting point. And if you're not used to talking about that stuff, it might take studying up and thinking about, thinking through. Like how would I talk about to people about that? Visible testimony. Wow, that's white, isn't it? (laughs) It's supposed to be a different color box there. This is huge. I would say that this is almost bigger than the verbal testimony a lot of times. For a lot of times, for most of us, this is, this is bigger. I, there's a statistic that went around for years that said that 7% of communication is verbal. and The other 93% is visual. My body language, the clothes I'm wearing, my facial expressions, my posture, what I'm doing, how I'm presenting myself reflects on who I am and communicates about who I am as an individual. And it's the same way when you're working with people. Like, your visible testimony is, is the thing. When Peter talks about the hope that is in you, this is what he's talking about. People will recognize that you stand out. And the way that they're going to recognize is not through what you're saying, although that will add to it. I really want to talk about a few of these things. I just threw a little bit of a laundry list in there of characteristics that we should be living out as a Christian. Being above reproach. There's nothing in your life that's hidden from God or hidden from other people. Like, what would it be like to even live a life like that? To just have nothing. You're not hiding anything. You're just there. And you're an open book. Mm -hmm. I'm that way a lot of times, but I still see areas in my life that I'm like, I don't want people coming in here. I don't want people here. And that's okay, but to break that bubble, to get into other people's bubbles, like that's who we need to become. Huge things. Don't gossip. Don't slander people behind their backs. I mean, I I work, and there's (laughs) a lot of times I'll be working with some guys, and they don't like this other guy, so we'll be talking about this guy, and it's really easy for me to just start agreeing with I mean, I I feel the same way they feel about this other individual a lot of times. I'd agree with them. But if I go along with everything they're saying, then I'm just being just like them. I'm talking, saying stuff behind this guy's back that I would never say to his face. Like how much of a testimony would it be to have people always notice, hey, this guy, this lady never says bad stuff about people. They never talk behind people's backs. Like, look at her, look at him. Like, what kind of a testimony would that be? Being selfless, always going the extra mile, serving others more than self. Joy, being joyful. Like, I'm going to talk about this next week, but joy, joy. Do you see the Christian life as a list of rules that you have to follow? Almost like a person just kind of dragging along life, just following this rules and, and you're just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna, I'll do this because I need to do this as a Christian. Or are you like, God, look what I get to do. I get to do this. I get to serve you this way. It has to be God changing your heart to go be that way. I, I'm going to talk about this next week, but God has done an amazing thing in my heart. I, even a year ago, even two years ago, this was my mentality toward the gospel, was I saw this as true And that's why I followed it, because this is true, so I'm going to do this. I saw it as a set of rules. And God has so flipped my whole perspective on its head. And I see the gospel for something that I had never saw it as before. It is pure joy to live the holy life, to minister to people, to be sharing in people's lives. Like, it is absolutely pure, pure joy. I can't emphasize that enough. But you're never going to get there if you see the gospel as a set of rules to follow, if you see evangelism as something else just to mix in with the rest of your Christian life. And I've been there. I was there for most of my life up until a couple of years. It doesn't mean I'm still not there. I'm still there in, in certain areas and God's growing me. God's working in my life. I'm By no means am I standing here today a perfect person who understands the joy of the Lord. But God has worked in my heart in tremendous ways just being patient being loving loving to people if we could even live any of these things out or most of these things out even halfway how would we look to our coworkers, to our families to our friends they would be coming on their knees saying why are you like that why are you like this why are you so happy right now Why are you so patient? Why did you forgive me? I totally wronged you there. Why don't you talk bad about people? Like this is so, so key. What you do, if you're going to blend it, your visible testimony with your verbal testimony, like speaking, being above reproach in your actions and in your talk. I mean, this is just part of the Christian life in general is living The Christian life. Not following a set of rules, but growing. And I mean, I look out here and a lot of you guys are a lot older than me. I mean, I'd say most of you are a lot older than me. You've had a lot more life to struggle with God and to learn what it means to live the Christian life. So no matter where you're at today, just be thinking, what's my verbal testimony? What's my visible testimony how am i how can i improve how can i grow and again not in the sense that i need to do this i need to cause this to happen in my life but maybe get a better perspective on who god is and what that means for me as an individual yeah okay i could ramble about that for a long time and it's just about well it's a minute left don't i have i have just a minute left uh, let me, this is a huge thing. Don't ask, don't answer questions people aren't asking. I mean, I was going to, I'll rush through this really quick. The gospel, what is, what's the basic, a basic gospel message? Jesus died for your sins. Jesus, okay, so Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Now you need to believe him, accept him into your life too. Cleanse you from your sins so you can spend eternity with God. You can go to heaven and you won't go to hell. That's like a super quick, basic gospel message. We look at what someone starts with. People have this very unique identity. Like, everyone has a unique perspective on life. Their pot is already full. Them as, as a person is completely different. As I, as I mentioned earlier, everyone is completely different from everyone else. And I, I, I can, I just think of my... Self with Andrew, you get a lot of you guys who are married or, or have a significant friend, you can probably relate. I, I can be saying one thing and she's hearing something completely different. And I'm just like... <laughs> but it's the same way when we're talking with other people. We start using terms. We start talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel. And unless we know who they are as a person and what, what they believe, then we don't know how to connect with them relevantly connect with them in a way that they're going to recognize the gospel message. They don't see themselves as a sinner in need of a Savior, then the gospel doesn't do anything for them. This is a summary. And technically, I'm out of time like right now, but if you don't mind if I go over for one minute, I'll really quickly summarize this. There's no formula. Remember, we start out with that slide with the Holy Spirit on the pot. The Holy Spirit's the one that's doing the work. We have a responsibility as people, yes. That's why we're talking about evangelism. But God's the one that changes hearts. Don't need to belabor belabor that point too much, but it's extremely important to remember. I could, yeah, tell stories about my bad perspective on that for a long time. (laughs) Prioritize others over self. Like this is absolutely key. Absolutely key making going from that default of serving self and living for self all the time and moving to a point where your your thinking goes to what can i do for this person how can i share the truth with this person how can i love this person how can i love my neighbor as myself and that needs to be a, a perspective shift that we that needs to take place in our minds and our hearts prioritize people over time you remember the story i told about gas station like, don't be so stuck in our routine that our time becomes more important than people, that our time becomes more important than spontaneous opportunities to talk to people. Meet people where they're at. Like, this is what I'm getting at with everything. We need to care so much about people that we listen to who they are as a person, listen to their heart, build be able to go deep, build relationships to a point where we can see the questions that their heart is asking mm-hmm. and meet those questions and answer those questions with the gospel. Just throwing words out there doesn't always connect. God can use them. But man, it is so key. Build those relationships. Be willing to go deep. I, I had like four or five minutes of stuff I wanted to say just about this one. So I'll just say conclude by saying, just be willing to go deep. Be willing to break into people's bubbles and to allow your bubble to be broken into. Because that, that is what God will use. Be vulnerable. Be vulnerable with people. Allow your weaknesses to show through. I could could use the, Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about the jar being a broken clay jar, a a, a clay jar full of cracks. And if we are constantly trying to plaster mud, plaster clay over those cracks and keep people from seeing all of our imperfections, all of our weaknesses, that's not letting the gospel flow through those cracks and not letting the gospel message, letting the truth just flow through our weaknesses. So don't be plastering cracks. Just let people see See the cracks and see, G- and see Christ in those cracks and coming through those cracks.